would say to the Lord Jesus, where will we go? We're convinced you have the words of eternal life. That's how convinced we are about what we've received. There is no other message. This is the message of God to this age. God bless you tonight. Just wanted to mention, I, I didn't mention it this morning, but Brother Moses prayed about it. Brother Kevin Ahenekew went back to Saskatchewan to be with his mom. She was hospitalized. She's weak, and she's been undergoing some things. I don't have all of it in front of me, but so if you want to remember her in prayer in the next little bit, just do so, please, and uh, for Brother Kevin as well. Also, just regarding the services, just so there's no confusion, Friday night is not a young people's service. I know there's many of you that have said to me in the past, I wish we could be part of it. This is your chance. You can be a part of the Friday night service. Friday night at 7.30, Saturday 6 p.m., and Sunday at 10, uh, 10 a.m., not p.m. So we got that no Sunday night service. So we'll just look forward to that. In consideration of the meeting, we normally will have our prayer meeting on Tuesday. We will not do that this Tuesday. We're just going to bring our Tuesday and Wednesday service into the Wednesday. We'll have a, a little bit of an exhortation, and maybe we'll just set our hearts to prayer a little bit at that time. But I believe it's important to call on God, have an expectation, and whatever you have need of, he will be faithful. He will answer. There, he has a promise for us, a, an expected end. But part of that comes with, and you shall find me when you seek me with all your heart. So let's, let's make sure our hearts are right. There's nothing there, and God can move. And we're looking forward to a great time with the Lord. Let's just sing this wonderful, merciful Savior. I think that's how it goes. And we'll just get ready as our brother Max would come. Wonderful, merciful Savior, precious Redeemer and friend, who would have thought that a lamb could rescue the souls of men? Oh, you rescue the souls.
looking forward to the meetings on the weekend, but we also want to remember that he's here tonight. I shared this morning about Brother Gideon Retief in South Africa. He spoke a service this morning in South Africa, and he went home, and then as he was coming back for a communion service, that's when he had a heart attack and passed away. In the morning service, before, as he just was opening in prayer, he said, it's wonderful to be in the house of the Lord this morning. The only better place is to be with him physically. He didn't maybe know that he would be with him physically that very day. Today is the day, friends. He is here today. Whatever you have need of, let's enter in as our brother Max comes. Let's sing it. He is here. He is here. He is here. that you're here in our midst, Lord God. And thank you, Father, you made a promise that you never leave us nor forsake us, O oh God, Lord. And no matter how dark it gets, O oh Lord, no matter how evil it gets, O oh Lord, that you will be with us, O oh God. And Father, we believe that we're living in a season that you are, Lord God, restoring back your children, Lord, of what they've been, Lord. And Father, we just want to yield ourselves to you this evening, Lord God, and we just want your word, O oh Lord, to permeate and and to penetrate to Lord God and to have the preeminence in our hearts, O oh God. Father, we are the only kind of people that you put something on the inside to respond back to this message, O oh God. And Father, this evening we just want to surrender ourselves to you, O oh Lord. And we want this flesh to get out of the way, O oh Lord. And we want the mind battles, O oh Lord, to get out of the way, O oh Lord. And we just want the word, O oh Lord, to come forth, O oh Lord God, and ignite, O oh Lord God. And that faith that you place on the inside of us, O oh God, will reach out, O oh Lord. And Lord, will reach out to the things that maybe may seem impossible, Lord God. But Father, with you all things are possible, Lord. Father, we just pray that you move in a sovereign way this evening, O oh God, Lord. And Father, may you anoint the speaker, O oh Lord. May you anoint the hearers, O oh God. And Father, may you be the one, O oh Lord God, that is glorified this evening, O oh God, Lord. Father, let no man who have the Father standing between us and you, O oh God. But Father, we pray, O oh Lord. Let it be the Holy Spirit, O oh Lord God, to draw us to you, O oh God. But we give ourselves to you this evening, Lord, and we just want to say we love you, O oh God. And take full control, O oh Lord God. We surrender to you, O oh Lord God. May you speak, O oh Father, Lord. But we ask all this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen and amen. Amen. God bless you, Brother Jeff, and musicians. God bless you. I sure appreciate the special.
before that, amen. And I'm sure glad to be here this evening, and it's sure good to take the service again, and and um, sure enjoyed the service this morning, amen. And you know, God is sure is good, and you know the Holy Spirit is truly leading the church, amen. And, and God has been really faithful in the last few services, and not only the last few, but and been for a long time that God has just been moving in a sovereign way in every service, amen. And man, just sitting in the service this morning, I, I was just rejoicing and thanking the Lord, amen. Because the, the same Holy Spirit that was here this morning is here this evening, amen. And uh, man, uh, I, Brother Simon, uh, it's incredible. He said that he, the Lord laid on his head to speak on Jehovah Jireh, but then it changed it to. To, to what he spoke on, and, and what he spoke on was exactly what I was going to speak on. So, um, we, we believe it's the Holy Spirit doing it. There's no way a man can put this together, amen. And so, we, we do thank the Lord for it, amen. So, just take a Bible to enjoy the service on Wednesday, Brother Moses. God bless you for that, amen. And in the book of Joel this evening, amen. And let's go to Joel chapter 1. Read for the first four verses in Joel chapter 1, and then we'll go to Joel chapter 2, and we'll read verse 25 to 26. Amen. Amen. Joel chapter 1 from verse 1 to 4 says, The word of the Lord that came to Joel the son of Petul, Hear this, ye old man, and give ear, all ye inhabitants of the land. Had this been in your days, or even in the days of your fathers, tell ye your children of it, and let your children tell their children, and their children another generation. That which the palmer worm had left had the locust eaten, and that which the locust had left had the canker worm eaten, and that which the canker worm had left had the caterpillar eaten. Joel chapter 2, verse 25 to 26. And I will restore to you the years that the locusts had eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. And ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that had dealt wondrously with you, and my people shall never be ashamed. Amen. My people shall never be ashamed. Amen. Lord, ask the blessing, the reading of the word of the Lord, and may have you see it. Amen. Amen. I want to speak on restoration is here. Amen. Restoration is here. We, we took the service a couple of years ago. I remember so well, it was in the sitting room of Brother Harold. We took this service for young people, and the Lord laid on our hearts to speak it again this evening. So I want to take the restoration is here. The word of the Lord that came to Joel, as the scriptures would tell us, it was a word that, that was not only to be declared in the season that Joel was in. You see, Joel was a prophet, and, and the word of the Lord came to Joel, and, and Joel, as he was prophesying or, or, or bringing forth that which the Lord has, has told him, Joel said, you know, this message that I'm bringing is just not just to this generation. But let this message be declared to the children that will come after me. 
And not only the children that will come after me, but the children that will also be after you. After dear children, let it be declared to them. And to another generation, amen. Joel was saying this message is something that is going to be, is going to be a... Um, it's going to be a, um, a remarkable tactic of the enemy in, in a way that he'll try to destroy the church of the living God. It's going to be one of the remarkable ways that the Satan will do it. And, and then through the ages, truly we'll see that as he does the same thing with Jesus and as you do the same thing with the church age, during the church ages. And he's doing it again. That's why Joel will say, I don't just want you to preach this to this generation, but make sure that the next generation that comes knows about these enemy, knows about the tactics of the enemy, of how he'll try to infiltrate into the church, or how he'll try to infiltrate into your life and into my life and try to tear down or destroy the plan or the purpose of God. But not only was that the, the, the thing that Joel wanted the people to know, but Joel also wanted the young generation and the generation that will come after to know that not only is going to be a tactics of the enemy, but there's also going to be a restoration. That even though that this enemy will come in and try to destroy him, but God will bring a restoration. Amen. And the restoration wasn't just going to be any restoration, but Joel was saying it's going to be a restoration and plenty. Amen. And it's going to be a restoration that will satisfy it. Amen. A restoration that will bring praise to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It will be a restoration that will not bring any shame to the children of God. That was the kind of restoration that was going to be, even though the enemy will come like a flood, but God was going to raise a standard. Now this restoration was not going to be a restoration to only the preachers. Amen. But this restoration was going to be to the entire bride. It was going to be to everyone that will hear the word that will be spoken. Amen. To them was going to be this restoration. If we look at Moses in the time of Moses, see when Moses was living in Egypt, Moses wasn't just living with the priests of Egypt. Moses was living with everyone that was in Egypt. Amen. All the children was going with him. Amen. All the cattle were going with him. As a matter of fact, Moses said that we will not leave even one hoof behind him. Everyone is going to go. See, because the message that Moses brought wasn't only a message of deliverance for the parents. It wasn't a message of deliverance for only, you know, the preachers or the priests of that time. But the message was for the everyone that was under the token. Amen. If you were under the token, then you were called to leave that place. So Joel is saying here, you see, the enemy is going to come, but there's coming a restoration. A restoration for young people. A restoration for a mom. A restoration for a dad. A restoration to whoever will receive and accept and believe this message. That's why he said this has to be declared to every generation. Amen. It has to be declared to every generation. Why? Because the palmer worm will definitely come. The palmer worm will come. And tonight we're not only talking about the church as the body, but, but we're talking about as individuals. The palmer worm will definitely come. The locust will definitely come. The canker worm will definitely come. The caterpillar will definitely come. But there's going to be a standard that will be raised, amen. No matter what they do, they won't be able to tear down you or tear down me. Why? Because there is a predestinated seed that is on the inside of you. And no matter what they do, they will never be able to get to that predestinated seed and destroy that predestinated seed. Because that seed that is in you was there before the world even began. Because you were in him right from the beginning. Amen.
even before the beginning. You were there with him and now has been expressed and, and you've put on, you know, some dust from wherever you came from and, and now you've been expressed. But inside of you is a predestinated seed of God. And no matter what these insects will try to do, they will never be able to get to that predestinated seed. Amen. Because they try sometimes to try to get to that predestinated seed in the life of Jesus, but they couldn't destroy it. Amen. You see, they try to plague it. And, and you, know, you know, the people that were actually against them were the Pharisees and the scribes. It was the religious people of that age that were against the message of the dead. Amen. Are you with me this evening? They were the ones that were against the message of the dead. And they criticized that message and they called him to be the devil and say that he was the chief of the devil unto the place that they literally crucified him. Amen. They crucified the message. Now, what was it? It was these, it was these insects that were doing. Brother Brandon was speaking about in a restoration of Bray Tree, and that's where our thought is coming from this evening. They were the ones that were trying to tear down the tree. But you see, you can't bury eternal life. No matter what they did, they couldn't destroy the tree. Amen. And if they couldn't destroy that tree, I tell you, they can't destroy this tree. Amen. Because all that was in that tree is in this tree. So if they couldn't tear down that tree, they can't tear down this tree. Amen. If they put that tree in the grave and that tree rose again, then if you put this tree in the grave, this tree will rise again. If that tree was able to go on a mountain and be transfigured in the presence of the disciples, then that means that this tree that is sitting here today, one of these days, is going to have a change of a body in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. Amen. No matter what these insects will try to do, they will never be able to tear down this tree because it has the seed gene of God on the inside of it. Amen. But you see, in order for there to be a restoration, there has to be something lost. Hallelujah. Something has to be lost in order for there to be a restoration. Amen. Or maybe something must have gone out of his original condition for there to be a restoration. Amen. Or someone must have come and taken something that does not belong to them for there to be a restoration. Amen. See, we are living in the season of restoration. See, it is the season as we're hearing this morning for us to go back to the title deed that has been given to us and see what belongs to us. Amen. And when we go to look into this title deed and we see something that belongs to us, but we notice that we are not the one in possession of it, then we have a right to enforce it claim to take it back amen amen that's the season that we are living in so if you if you come to a place that we start to realize there is something that belongs to me but i am not in possession of us then we are living in the season that we can say no this is my possession so i can take it back for my own self because it belongs to me Amen. Because, see, we are in a battle, and the enemy is always trying to find something that he can inherit, some part of our inheritance that he can get a hold of. You see, it's just like a man that has bought a house, like Brother Ed was showing, saying today, you know, a man that has bought a house, and, and you know, he's had his house, and he, he has all fenced around. 
But now he has a title deed to the house, and, and now maybe one day he starts to see there's some construction going on right behind his fence. And so he goes and he takes this title deed and, and he starts to read it carefully and he starts to realize that the land that is behind his fence is actually his possession as well. But now these people are doing a construction on that land. Now he has looked at the title deed and he's realized this belongs to me. But there are some people that are on this land doing something, doing their own plans and purpose. But this is my land. Now he has the right to take that and say, guys, you have to stop whatever you're doing. Because if you don't, I'm going to call the law against you. No matter where they are at. Even if they have built a skyscraper, I don't know, 100, you know, 100 steps high, they're going to have to tear it down. Because the land put, belongs to him. So no matter what they've done on that land, no matter how beautiful they've made that land, he comes and he says, no, this is mine, so whatever you've done, you tear it down because I'm taking it back. Amen. That is the season that we are living in right now. That we can go to the Word and look and say, but wait a minute. This belongs to me. But, but this devil has taken a hold of it. And no matter what he's built, you have a right to go to say, you're going to have to tear that down. Because this is my land. This is my inheritance. Amen. Because see, Satan, he's always trying to find a way that he can get a hold of the possession that we have. Or any way that he can try to get us to maybe disbelieve the truth. Or any way that he can try to get us, you know, to, to get captive in our own minds. Amen. Or any way he can try to bring this unity or, or to bring division among the bride. Amen. Because you see, Satan, all he's wanting to see, if he could get us to a place that our guns are pointed to one another then he doesn't have enough guns pointed to him. Amen. So all he'll try to do, he'll try to bring a little feeling and a little this and a little that just to get us to turn our guns from him to one another. Amen. So then he know he can just go about and do whatever he wants. And while you are fighting one another, here he is building a big kingdom in your, in your inheritance. And by the time you come to realize, okay, this thing is not worth fighting, and you go back, you're like, what is this doing in my life? Amen. Are you with me this evening? What is this doing in my life? But that's the tactics of the enemy. And the enemy is so cruel. And I've been here before, but the enemy is so cruel that he'll let a little feeling or he'll let a little, you know, a little misunderstanding or a little hurt bring you to a place that you will walk into a prison. Amen. You will walk into a prison and you will close the door and you will lock the door and you will throw away the keys. And shut your own self in a prison. That's how cruel he is. And all because you'll be fighting you in your mind. And get you to a place where you build your own prison and you shut up on it. And you have a limitation. I can't do this. I can't do that. 
this is only for the preachers. I can't claim this. I am too young. I haven't been living right. I can't claim this. I can't do this. A limitation. Bring a limitation on our possession because it shut you up in a prison. Amen. And you know, all of what he's trying to do is to get us to a place where we've got fear. Now that's the work of the palm worm. Because Brother Bram said the palm worm came to take what? The fruits. Restoration of Bright Tree 1962. The first was the palm worm. That's the little thing, just a little bitty insect of a worm. What did he do, that palm worm? He come along to destroy the fruit of the tree. That's the first thing. So the palm worm comes right on this. I mean, no fate is part of the fruits of the fruits that is that is on the tree. And you come to try to do what? To take away that faith. And if he takes away your faith, what does he put back? Fear. Doubt. And you should open a prison. And you take away your joy. And you take away your peace. And you take all these things away from you. The work of the palm worm. And get us to a place where we are limiting God and, and saying this is, this is too hard for the Lord to do. Or it is too late for the Lord to move. Or this is impossible for God to come on the scene. Or this giant is too big for me to defeat. But we are serving a living God, amen. And he's proved to us in the scripture that he's never too late. He was four days late, but he was still on time, amen. He's proven to us in the scripture that nothing is impossible to him. You can bring to him a blind man, and he'll open his eyes. You can bring to him a dead person, and he'll raise him up again. He proven to us that nothing is too hard for him. But you see, Satan will try to shoot us in a prison. In a place where we think it is impossible, amen. And fear starts to come in and fear starts to end. But we are not in a season of fear. We are in a season of restoration, amen. It is a season of restoration. And the only way that we can get back or we can get out of that prison is to get into fellowship with God. Amen. Is to get in fellowship with God, but now watch the enemy again. Because now he'll move from a palm worm and become a locust. And what the locust will try to do is to bring an hindrance or break the fellowship that you have with God. Because he doesn't want you to come out of the prison. Because if you can get back in touch with your maker, he will always set you free. Because that's what he came to do. But what he'll try to do is to get you out of fellowship with your maker while you are in the prison. So you can't even come out. And when you get out of fellowship with God, obviously you get out of fellowship with your brother. And you get out of fellowship with your sister. Amen. And then confusion again. That's why he said, Joe was saying, make sure you tell this to the generation. The tactics of the enemy. And now you, he breaks the fellowship and, and you know, now, now here is all the divisions and, and all these things happening. Amen. Because he knows that once you get back in harmony with God, under the anointing of the Holy Ghost, there is a power that is released. 
to send him back to hell again. But you see, he doesn't stop there as the locusts, but we are living in an age that we can see the canker worm and the caterpillar really fighting hard. See, the canker worm, and I read to you what Brother Branham says about that. The canker worm, Brother Branham says, and that's the third stage. He said, Brother Branham said, the third stage of him was the canker worm. Him, hmm, that's got a bad name to start with, the canker worm. He said, what does the canker worm do? It goes into the back. That's the lifeline there. Brother Branham goes to say, now notice now, this little canker worm being to bar himself into the back. What did he do? He began to take its religion, its covering, its doctrine away from it. Religion is a doctrine, a covering that covers anything. That's the reason that our religion is boy blood. The blood, the life is in the blood that covers the word. And the life is in the blood. The blood is the religion. And the life is in the blood is what brings the result. But you see, the canker worm... Once you get everyone shut in prison, and even if you're not in a prison, the canker worms, his tactics is to get, is to do what? Is to destroy the doctrine. In other words, the canker worm in these last days that we're living in has risen up against this message. And he's trying to criticize this message as much as he can. He's saying that the message is false and, and the prophet is false. And, and you know, the canker worm gets on the internet nowadays. That is where he does his work. He gets on the internet. And he anoints certain people. And right on the end, and he starts to criticize them this message. And if you're not careful, he'll walk right on your phone. And he'll walk right on your laptop and start to preach to you. What is he trying to do? Trying to get to that lifeline. Trying to get to that lifeline. And he's doing everything he can to destroy this message. And he tried it in the days of Jesus to destroy the message in the days of Jesus. But there is no way that you can destroy eternal life. And this message is eternal life. And so if he couldn't destroy the eternal life that was in Jesus, he can destroy the eternal life that is in this message. He can go ahead and criticize him. He can go ahead and do all he wants to this message, but he will never be able to destroy the lifeline and the eternal life that God has injected in this message. Because you try all he can to get to that lifeline. But you see, this message, the lifeline of this message is the blood. Amen. The lifeline of this message is the blood. Amen. Because in Revelation chapter 5, it was a lamb, as it was slain, that took the book. In Revelation chapter 10, it was the same lamb that opened the book. What was the lamb doing? The lamb was bringing a restoration that would release Jesus, the life of Jesus, into you and me. That was what the lamb was doing. And the life is in the blood. That's what Brother Branham said, that the life is in the blood, and the blood is what brings the results. 
Because it is the life that comes on the inside of you and that is what brings the result. And this message, the lifeline of it is the blood, the life of Jesus. That's why in Revelation 10 it said that you have to eat the book. To be impregnated with that word. And to bring forth that life. Amen. But you see the caterpillar... Brother Branham said, let's read what a caterpillar does. He said, now here comes also the caterpillar, the fourth stage of him. Now here's the caterpillar. What is the caterpillar? He is a sucker. Sucks the life, the spirit, the life. That's what he does. Gets right down a hold of the Pope and goes to sucking caterpillar. Here he is. Who are we going to call him? Denomination. That's that guy right, right, that's. That's that guy's right name. Why? He's a destroyer. Sucks the life. And that's what Satan is trying to do in this last age with this message. He's trying to suck the life out of this message. And he'll try to do the same thing with you and with me. Try to suck the life out of you and out of me. But you see, the one thing is that the life is in the root. Amen. And no matter how this caterpillar will try to eat, he won't be able to get to the root. Why? Because if you are rooted in the revelation of Jesus Christ, there is no way that the caterpillar will be able to root that tree. Because the life is in the root. And no matter what he does, he can't get to that root. The reason why Brother Branham calls it a denomination is because the denomination, they don't have the revelation in the root. So when the caterpillar comes to eat him, he's able to destroy the tree because the root is not planted on a solid rock. But it's a seed that fall by the boy way or fall by the rock or fall by the stony place and it couldn't bring forth. But our seed have fallen on the right ground. And it is anchored by revelation. Not by intellectual knowledge, by revelation. That is what is anchored now. And no matter what the caterpillar does, he will never be able to suck the life out. That's why they can go ahead and criticize. They can go ahead and say anything they want to say. But you see, I haven't seen Brother Branham in this message. I have seen Jesus in this message. So no matter what you do, you know, as Paul said, there is nothing that is going to separate me. You can say all you want, but there is nothing that can separate me. If you are a seed of God, there is nothing that will be able to separate you. There is nothing that going to be able to get you to doubt what God has revealed in this last age. Because how can you deny yourself? How can you deny yourself if you were there in the beginning? How can you deny to say, oh, I wasn't there? And you weren't even the one to put yourself there. But God put you there. And now you have been expressed. So how can you deny it? There is no way that caterpillar can get to this bride. What I want in the bride must come to realization is, is that there is restoration. Because these insects cannot get to you, no matter what they do. They tried it with Jesus, they failed. They tried it in the church ages, they failed. And here they are trying it with you, and what are they going to do? They're going to fail. 
So there's no point of us trying to focus on what these caterpillars and all these cankerums have to do. But let's go on to perfection and let's see what has been restored to us. And let's start to make a way to make our claims of what has been restored to us. Because no matter what they do, they can't get to you. They will battle against you, but they can't get to you. Amen. They can't get to you. Amen. Because the cornerstone has been restored. The lifeline has been restored. We are not going through a prophet. We are going right in contact with Jehovah himself. Amen. This building cannot be shaken. Why? Because it has been restored back to what it was in the beginning. Amen. The power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost in the church now. To lead the church. Amen. To enforce the claims that God has given to us. But let me say this this evening. If by any chance maybe you're sitting here this evening and you're starting to realize the power of starting to creeping in your life. That it's trying to eat away your joy. And it's trying to eat away your peace. And it's trying to take away your fate. Amen. If a palmer woman is trying to creep in your life, or maybe a locust is trying to creep in your life, trying to break the fellowship that you have with God. You see, what a locust does is try to get you busy. If the locust's job is trying to get you busy, because it knows if you get you busy, then it gets you out of fellowship because you won't have time to pray. You won't have time to get under the word. You won't have time to listen to the tape. So it's going to try all it can to get you busy. Amen. That's what the locusts are trying to do. And if you're sitting here and you're noticing, the locust is trying to eat my fellowship with God. Or maybe it's the canker worm, amen, that is trying to direct you. Or maybe you're starting to look somewhere out of this message. And you're trying to feed on something that does not pertain to this message. Maybe the canker worm is trying to get a hold of you. And you're starting now to search and you're starting now to question. Are you women this evening? You stand now to question this message and question the prophet and question this and question the Yodotan. That's the conqueror I'm trying to get a hold of you. Amen. Or maybe it's the caterpillar that's trying to suck the life out of you. Are you women this evening? Or maybe it is the caterpillar trying to do that. Maybe you are here this evening and none of these insects are actually bothering you. But you know someone that these insects are after. You know someone that the caterpillar is after. You know someone that the canker worm is after. You know someone that the palmer worm is after. You know someone that the locust is after. That is trying to take away your joy. And trying to take away the peace. And trying to bring them to a place to question this message. And trying to bring them a place to take the life out of them. Maybe you know someone. The Holy Ghost is here to enforce the claim. Friends, this is the church of the living God. God has restored to us the power to speak the word again. But someone is going to have to believe you see, many a times the place where we failed 
is because when we spoke, it didn't happen right away. Now remember that the promise said that it shall happen. Now when it says shall, it means that it will happen without any shadow of doubt, but it never gave a time to it. But it shall come to pass. You see, it was Brother Branham when he was speaking the squirrels into existence. You see, he spoke the first and spoke the second one. Now, the third one wasn't coming. And you know, Brother Branham said, well, maybe two was, two was good. It's okay. I'll go with this. But the voice said, but you said three. You said three. What you said shall come to pass. If you say to this mountain, it shall move. It shall. And here was the prophet. He had spoken the third one, and it seemed that it wasn't coming. And he was just about to get satisfied. You with me this evening? He was just about to get satisfied with just what he had. But there was more. What he had spoken was going to come to pass. He just had it to wait. If he had given up then, it wouldn't have happened. But now in the season of restoration, as we've been called to speak the word, it shall come to pass. It doesn't matter how long it takes. But we have to wait for it. Because he said that the vision is yet for an appointed time. It will speak and not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. Because it will surely come and will not tarry. But it is that waiting moment. Amen. But the restoration is here. The Holy Ghost is here. The enforcer is here. Amen. Call the Holy Ghost. And he's here to enforce every claim that is yours. Amen. Brother Branham said, a bird has a law. Now, its body material, its earth pound, sets on the earth here, but it's, it has a law within it. That's the way it spreads its wings. It can fly plumb out of sight. That's again science. They claim it's earth bound. Gravitation has to hold it here. But it can defy gravitation, lift itself right off of it, and go right on out because it has put, because it has to put that law that's in it to work. And it's built to possess that law. Now I'm, being, I'm beginning to feel religious. It said now we have a law. The law of the life is in us. Is that we don't only, the only thing we have to do, you are made and born and placed here in the body of Christ as sons and daughters of God. Is that you don't have to knock down to the devil. Is that you've got a law. That's the law of the Holy Spirit. And the only thing you have to do is know how to let go and let God. You keep fighting out of seam and it will never work. But when you let go and let God, that's all.
And there is a law that God has given to this bride in his last age. Like Brother Ed said at some time, we haven't received the Holy Ghost just to help us to live a clean life. But we have received the Holy Ghost to claim back what God has given to us. The Holy Ghost is here to enforce what God has given to you. He has taken your joy. He's here to enforce him. It doesn't matter how long it takes him. God will bring it to pass. If you know someone that a caterpillar has got a hold of them, getting them to doubt his message, place them out of this message. You've got to write them to call your life back because that same God is here in his bride again. Oh, hallelujah. Are you women this evening? That same God is on the inside of you, but someone is going to have to release them. Someone is going to have to release them. Someone's going to have to get their own thoughts out of the way. Get their own reasoning out of the way. And say, God, you said him. I don't care how long it takes him. You said him. You said we're not living one hope behind him. I want to see them at the altar. I want to see them back in church. My God will do it. He's more than able. He's been robbing us and telling you it's impossible. But I tell you, God will make it possible. Because he's still living today. It was Peter one day that was shut up in a prison. Are you women this evening? It was Peter that was shut up in a prison. And the next day they were going to bring Peter out and execute Peter. But you know there were some people that said we've got a law. Restoration has been given back to us. So we are going to go in a room and we're going to pray. And we're going to enforce the law of God. That Peter be set free out of the prison. And they got on their knees and they started to pray. And they started to enforce the law that was given to them. Because they were commissioned to preach the gospel. And now Satan had had bound them. One of the, one of the agents of God, he had had them bound in prison. And they said, we're going to enforce the law. And as they started to pray, heaven started to move. Are you women this evening? When you start to pray, heaven starts to move. See, friends, all hell has been loosed, but all heaven has been loosed also. The battle is getting hard, but it doesn't matter because we are going to win anyways. And as they started to pray, the Lord loosed an angel. And the angel started to make his way to that prison. Are you women deceiving him? Because some people said, we will enforce the law. And as the angel started to make his way to the prison, he went past all the guards. He went past the guards of depression. And they couldn't stop him. He went past the guard of anxiety. And they couldn't stop that angel. He went past the guard of fear. And he couldn't stop that angel. He went past the guard of the critics, and they couldn't stop that angel. Why? Because someone has enforced them, and nothing could stop them. No matter how many enemies that they were lining up against that angel, he couldn't stop that angel, because the angel was commissioned. Go and set Peter free. Are you with me this evening? And that same angel is here this evening, but he's waiting for someone that will commission him to go and set someone free. Because they had a right to enforce him and to claim back what God had given to them. 
And you have a right to enforce and claim back what God has given to you. God gave you your children. Joel said the next generation has to know or pay this. Amen. They have to know that there's going to be a palmer worm. There's going to be a locust. There's going to be a canker worm. There's going to be a caterpillar. But they also have to know that I, the Lord, will restore. No matter what they do, I will restore them back again. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. And the scripture said, the angel went into that prison. And it was like a shining light in that prison. Amen. And the angel smoked Peter on the side and said, Peter, arise. And the moment Peter arose, now the scripture said that Peter was lying in between two soldiers. Hallelujah. There are people that are out there, loved ones, that are lying in between two soldiers. But the moment the angel touched Peter on the side, all the chains started loose. Hallelujah. All the chains were broken down. Why? Because the angel was commissioned. Why? Because some people were enforcing a claim upon Peter. And the angel took Peter. Oh, hallelujah. I tell you, friends, you know, some of the, the people we know, and they have been bound by depression and by fear and by anxiety. And because of the critics they've had and because of the hurt and because of this or the other, they can't come back. But when the angel got a hold of Peter and he started to walk with Peter, he went across the same God of depression, and they couldn't touch Peter. They even couldn't see Peter. Friends, they tell you, no matter where, God has put your loved ones. It wasn't even on my thoughts to, to, to speak about loved ones this evening, but that looks to be the direction the Lord is leading us this evening. But no matter where the Lord has put your loved ones this evening, that angel is able to pull them, that they will go past the hurt, that I'll put them out there, and they wouldn't even notice him. Are you women this evening? They will go past him, all the struggles and the fears they've had them and they would have even noticed them why because you hasn't forced them for an angel to go pick them up amen and he went past all of them and he said he came to the iron gate he came to the iron gate and the iron gate had to give way because someone had enforced a claim and not someone deceiving them. It is you and I. You can enforce a claim. You can say, Satan, you give it back. No matter what you've taken away from me, you give it back. If your joy has been taken away from you, you can take it back. If your overcoming power has gotten away from you, you can take it back. Because of a God is still a living God. Oh, hallelujah. It was Lazarus that was put in a grave. Amen. Lazarus in the grave dead, and, and there was no hope for Lazarus to come out of that grave. Absolutely no hope to come out of that grave. But there was a law that was in Christ. Amen. Now when he showed up at a funeral, the funeral ended. Amen. Friends, there are some loved ones that are dead in the world. Oh, but I tell you, Jesus is on his way. Jesus is on his way. And no matter how dead they are, when he shows up, the dead condition has to give up. But what we have to do is commit it to Jesus. Let the angel go do the work. But our duty is to make sure we are enforcing the claim that we enforce in the claim every day and say this is mine it hasn't yet returned to me and I am claiming it 
I am claiming it. No matter how long it's going to take him, I am claiming it. Amen. Amen. And when he showed up to that grave and he screamed out and said, Lazarus, come forward. And Lazarus came forth out of that grave. Oh, hallelujah. He still had grave clothes on him. But Jesus commanded and said, lose him. Lose him and let him go. Lose him and let him go. Friends, they tell you there are some people that have grave clothes on them. You might be sitting here, you still got grave clothes on him. The word of the Lord anoint is saying, he's going to lose you and let you go. Because of the season of restoration, the days of Lazarus weren't over. Even though Satan had come and tried to rob him. See, it was the caterpillar that had come and sucked the life out of Lazarus' life. And now Lazarus was dead. But you see, the resurrection and life has showed upon the scene um, and he came to bring life back into the life of Lazarus and death had to give way amen it doesn't matter where you are this evening amen I tell you the angel is here amen the same angel of the covenant is here this evening amen he's here to take you past your fears and your doubt amen we have an inheritance that has been given to us Amen. He has come and has tried to break homes and he has come and tried to break lives. Amen. Try to break relationships, try to break our health, amen. But we've got a right to enforce and say, Satan, give it back. So far as I am here, I have got a purpose here, amen. And you can't stop that purpose, amen. No matter what Satan will do, the purpose of God will have to be fulfilled in your life and in the life of the believer that you're praying for. There's no one that's going to be able to stop that purpose. Amen. You see, God has given us homes. And a home is a place where God wants to be a place of prayer. A place where he can come and he can visit his people. But Satan is trying to break homes nowadays. God has given us brothers and sisters to be encouragement to us. But Satan is trying to break fellowship. Amen. God has given us these bodies. That we should use them to serve the Lord. Well, Satan is trying to break them down. But we've got a right this evening. We've got a right this evening to enforce the claim. And say, Satan, you're going to have to give it back. Because what Satan does is cause destruction or disturbances. To move things out of their rightful condition. But God brings them back to the right condition. Restoration of bright tributes around them. Say, what is it? Enforce them. Give it back. See, that's it. That's what it's talking about. Restore it. Bring it back to its right owner. And you had it this morning. The owner himself have taken the book. And the owner has handed you the book. Because the book belonged to you from the beginning. And now you are the one in hold of the book. What are you going to do with the book? Are you going to let the book lie down? And watch Satan just walk over your inheritance? Or are you going to take the book and say, Satan, it's time for you to leave my inheritance. It's time for you to move out of the place. Because I am claiming what God has given to me. Brother Bram, said, Brother Bram said, and if Satan has robbed you of the privilege of being a son or daughter of God, we have a right this morning by the Holy Spirit to enforce the claim of God and say, bring them back. 
He has robbed many sons and daughters of God. And he said he might have mixed them up with the wrong boy, mixed them up with the wrong girl. But we have a right to enforce and say, you've got to have to give it back because that's the property of God. God bought them with his blood. And there is no way that Satan can put his greasy hands on what God has paid for. It all has a time. It all has a season. But our faith is important. Our faith is important. To hold on and say I'm not giving in. But I am claiming it. It is mine. It is mine and I am taking it back. Brother Branham said he has afflicted you and made you sick. You have a right before God to enforce the law of God. Is that boy his strikes we were healed. Amen. Bring him back. Turn him loose. You are taking him out yonder to dead. And we claim him. Bring him back. Is that now that's the enforcement. Restore it back to its natural condition again. Is that a man is sick, baby is sick, woman is sick. They are out of their natural condition. Then we have a right to enforce our claim. Not our claim. It's our claim because God gave it to us. Boy, his stripes, we are healed. He was wounded for our transgression. With his stripes, we are healed. Is that now we have a right to enforce the law. And the law gave it the Holy Spirit himself. Is here the agent of God to see that it is done that way. Amen. The agent, the Holy Ghost is here. That's why the Holy Ghost is so important. Because it is the Holy Ghost that enforces the claim. I think it's in Romans chapter, Romans chapter 8, I think. Or if I may have got a scripture wrong. But it's in Romans that says that when we go to pray, it is not us in the seat, but it is the Spirit that knows the will of the Lord that intercedes for you and for me. So when you go on your knees and you break into prayer and the Spirit starts to intercede for someone, you ought to know that that is the will of the Lord. Because it is not you, but it is the Spirit interceding according to the will of the Lord. And if it is the will of the Lord, how can Satan stop it? Are you women this evening? If it is the will of the Lord, how can Satan stop it? You may say, but I pray for that person and they died. I tell you, they did not die. They are still living. Are you women this evening? I pray for your healing, but they went to be with the Lord. They have received your healing, just not the way we expected it. Oh, friends, it's time to let the devil stop lying to us and stop discouraging us because you prayed about something and it didn't happen the exact way. It is the Holy Spirit that interceded, and the Holy Spirit will bring it to pass according to the will of the Lord. Amen. Oh, but Satan has got into a mind and has brought so much fear. Brother Branham said, the problem of the church today is that they are scared to take God at his word. But it's time to break the chains of fear. Hallelujah, you women this evening. It's time to break the chains of fear. 
If God said him, then I believe him. That settles him, and that will bring it to pass. It wasn't I that said him. He said him. It wasn't I that said that I can be free. He said him. It wasn't I that said that I can overcome. He said him. It wasn't I that said that I don't have a body change. He said him. But Satan will try and do all he can to bring fear and cause us to limit God. But I'll say unto him, Master Tabernacle, those days are over. Those days are over because restoration is here. Restoration is in you. The days of limitation are over. He might have shut you in a prison and got you to a place that you've limited God to say this is not possible. There is no way I can overcome. I want you to know this evening that you can't overcome. If that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in you, it'll quicken your mortal body. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter how many demons will come against that mortal body. There is a spirit on the inside and it's got a law to enforce them and bring back what the word said about that spirit. Hallelujah. It's time to break the chains of fear. Break the chains of doubt. And let's break past that barrier and claim what God has given to us. Amen. Brother Branham in Restoration of Pro Dream, he'll tell about a story. He said there was a man that came over for the meetings. And as he came over for the meetings, he had his clothes in the car. And someone came and stole the car. And he stole the car and, and went away with the car. But Brother Branham said, we had a law that we could enforce for the man to bring it back. And he said, we got on our knees and we started to pray. Amen. He got on his knees and started to pray. I tell you, church, they weren't praying, hoping that he's going to bring the car. I like what Brother Nathaniel Smith said today. There are those that pray and hope for the rain. How was that? Hoping for the rain. But the one that's got faith comes with the umbrella. God bless you, Brother Nathaniel. I love that one. It's a good cause. But they weren't praying, hoping that the cow was going to come back. They went on their knees with faith, believing it's coming back. Because we have a law. Friends, that's where we are living today. That is the season that we are living in. It is faith to go and say, oh, I am claiming it and it is coming. Like Brother Simon was saying this morning, and start to confess it, and start to believe that it's going to happen. That was what John Ryan did. He was given a word. He was a Catholic guy. But he was given the word, and he was said, you go praise on the Lord. And that's all he had. That's all he had. Is that if that's all I've got, I'm going to swing it. And he swung it wherever he went. Oh, they criticized him. He kept on swinging him. They told him, they mocked him. He kept on swinging him. Oh, but one day, one day he swung it so fast until the point that his eyes burst open. 
And I tell the church, it doesn't matter if you've got just one scripture, start swinging them. If you've got a scripture that says that this promise is unto you and to your children, start swinging them. Are you women this evening? Start swinging them. David only had one stone, and he started to swing that stone. Hallelujah. And he believed that that stone was going to bring the joy him down. He took five of them, but he needed only one. You've got all the boy, but maybe you need only just one scripture. Maybe just one verse. It's enough to tear the devil down. Jesus rose out of the grave hanging on only one scripture. That his body should not see corruption. And he knew I was coming out. Amen. And we've got many scriptures in there. And we can hang on us and claim our inheritance and say, Satan, give it back. Amen. Give it back. Amen. It's time to rise up and fade. It's time for the church of the living God say, we're not going to knock down to the enemy anymore, but we are going to enforce our claim. Amen. We are going to enforce our claim. Amen. I read this quote, brother. As we close, brother, brother Simon, read the same quote today. He said, enforce then we, we are, we have the privilege to enforce upon Satan the claim that God gave us. For God has a law and his word is the law. And God in this word made certain claims to the church. Therefore, we have a right to enforce these claims upon Satan and say, give it back. And he has to do it. Because we can take God's agent, the Holy Spirit, go right down on our knees and say, Thus say it, the Lord. He's got to give it up. That's all. Because the Holy Spirit is there to make him do it. The Holy Spirit in you is there to make Satan do it. But we've got to have faith in the Holy Ghost. Amen. We're going to have to have faith in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Let's not lose faith in the Holy Ghost. It is the Holy Ghost that enforces the claim. And you've come to a place you realize maybe we haven't got it. You can receive it. It is your promise. God gave it to you. God gave it to you. Because this is to every generation. It's to the young one, it's to the older one, it's to the elder one. Everyone has a right to claim what God has given to them. Amen. Amen. How many believe that this evening? Amen. Amen. I don't feel like they did justice this evening, but, but amen. We're trusting in the Lord. Amen. That, that the word amen has done its purpose. Amen. This morning, he, amen, he just teared down the kingdom of hell. Amen. And, Man, we're just joining a little bit and pushing them a little bit more further away. So, man, we believe there's a blessing this evening. Amen. Let's stand on our feet this evening. Amen. Oh, God is good. Amen. Amen. There's a claim that's been given to us. Amen. Amen. Let's have the, let's have the courage. Amen. Let's have the faith. Amen. Let us not die. Let us not fear. Amen. But let's take courage and say, Satan, you've got to have to give it back. Whatever he's taken away from you, whatever the palmer worm have destroyed, the locust or the canker worm or the caterpillar, amen, they weren't purposed to succeed.
They had a season to do their work. But at the end of it all, they were going to be, they were going to lose. And we were going to take the victory. Amen. Amen. Maybe he's taking away your victory. And amen. You've been delivered, but he's trying to throw you back again into the same snare again. I tell you this evening, you can tell them, listen, Satan, get out of this place. Get out of here, Satan. My God is here. My God is on the inside of me. It is not me speaking. Brother Brennan was saying, I don't remember what tape I was listening to. But Brother Brennan was saying, when you go to pray, it is no more you praying. <laughs> Hallelujah. It is no more you praying. Because if he is coming you, then it is him praying. Just as it was with Jesus, so it is today, church. Maybe picture it today this way. Jesus is back here. Restoration is here. He is the restoration. He is back here again. But this time, he bypassed the theophany. The first time he came, he didn't. But this time, he has passed by his theophany. But he's put on flesh again. And he's not just a man, but he's also a woman. He's not just a boy, but he's also a girl. Are you with me this evening? He's back again in you and me, but just bypassed the theophany. But the same power is in you. To raise the dead, to cast out devils. All the gifts of the Spirit is on the inside of you. But we've got to have to walk out of this prison. Church, we're going to have to walk out of this prison. Satan has been robbing us for too long. It's time to step out, toe-to-toe with the enemy. Without any fear. And say, I'm taking it back. I am taking it back. It doesn't matter. I am taking it back. Satan will afflict me with a migraine headache. And it'll go on for weeks. And... Some days it'll be so bad, but I knew God had delivered me, and, and it was right here, and Brother Harold prayed for me, and he left, but he came back, and he started to afflict, and he started to afflict. At that time, we've just spoken the service, release Jesus, and I said, you know what, I'm going to release Jesus. And I kept on releasing Jesus, kept on releasing Jesus. One day I came up for prayer and Brother Ed prayed. And I went back home. And he came back again. As I said, and you have to live. This is God's property. You're going to have to live. We've got a right to speak to this body. Like Brother Simon was saying. And say, Satan, you're going to have to leave. This is God's body. This is God's property. And he had to leave. There is power in the words that are spoken. If only we can believe us. We've got victory. We've got power in the Holy Ghost. We've got victory in the Holy Ghost. Oh, church, the Holy Ghost is here. He's here to move again in you and in me. Amen. We sing that song, Victory is Mine. And it's not of the devil. <laughs> Victory is mine. Not of Satan.
you came up this morning, maybe try to get you all feeling bad. Man, I don't feel like going to church today. Oh, but I tell you, when you go to church today, you talk, my thank God I came to church. Yeah. Because victory is ours. It's not of the devil. Amen. Right. Help us sing, Brother Jeff. When I woke up this morning, I didn't have no doubt. I knew that the Lord would bring me out. So I got down on my knees. I said, Lord, help me, please. I got up singing and shouting the victory. this evening you can walk out of this place with a victory amen whether you see it or not you can walk out with a victory believing that God will bring it to pass because the promise will come to pass amen amen we thank the Lord for this evening let's sing that song I will not be denied amen I will not be denied hallelujah and we'll, we'll ask for the air to come amen amen I would not be denied. 